All right, everybody, welcome back to Two Opinions in a Cloud. This is Max Fritz here. And this is Stacy Deerstroll. Today we've got some great stuff for you. We're in Ignite Day 3. Uh, we've got an interview with Ben Nolan from ShareGate, and you're also going to hear some from Stacy and I ourselves on what we've been learning, what's most exciting, and what we're taking home. Yeah, it's midweek, and what a great time to just kind of recap where things are so far. All right, so Stacy, what, what's really been big for you? So what's really been big for me, and, I, and we'll hear a lot more about it when we talk with Ben uh, later, but, uh, you know, some of my focuses have been the updates to, you know, the Office 365, M365, the admin center. Um, governance is a big one for me as I sit here and, and hear all these great and exciting things of everything that's coming out, you know, mega menus and all this kind of stuff. Well, how do we make sure that you know, things just don't boil over for the clients and they've got too much and they're using space that they don't realize they're using and, and just really helping them keep control of that. Um, so my wheels are spinning how I can kind of help clients do that. Um, uh, in turn, I've been to some of the diversity uh, uh, How sessions. are those? Oh my God, they're so great. I was with one, I was this morning and Heather Newman did one. And I tell you what, it was like the greatest session I've been to. Heather's high energy anyway, so that makes it even that much better. But the things that she talks about when it talks about workplace and how to treat the different kinds of people that are out there, um, because really we nobody should be treated any different than anybody else. Yeah, that's so important. Right, and she just she had some really great points, some amazing slides. Uh, if you get the opportunity, you should go check them out. Very, very good. Uh, Stephanie Donahue did one today um, about um, literally you know, owning your women owning business, you know, some of the things that you hear that, you know, might be true, might not be true kind of things. And um, so there were some really good sessions I really enjoyed today. Um, it was kind of a, a little bit of a break from the, you know, the hardcore geeky stuff and now how can I help my clients? So it was a little bit of a break, so I enjoyed that. It's awesome. So what have you been uh, doing this uh, these past few days, Max? Well, so today has been my hardcore geeky day. Uh -oh. So we, we took different tracks today. Yeah. Um, as some of you may know, uh, exchange is one of my focus areas as well. Uh, and I was in a fantastic session today with the exchange product team where they have decided to take a different look at hybrid over the past year, where uh, exchange was the first thing that we had that did hybrid. Right. SharePoint followed. We had you know, identity, hybrid, uh, my own opinions on that phrase <laughs> besides. Uh, but exchange hybrid has been the same way for years mm -hmm. and it has always just been about a migration platform and a little bit of availability cross back and forth right. and we have always had so much trouble especially when I work with clients on getting hybrid set up in terms of firewall connections and I'm sure it's the same on the SharePoint side Absolutely. of we sit with the networking team for weeks at a minimum going through why do we need to have this open? What sort of ACLs do we need to put in place? Can we get a list of IPs? All these sorts of things. And if you've done this, you know the list of IPs. That's a joke. Right. Uh, and, and beyond that, they uh, are no longer publishing an XML of that list or an RSS feed. It, you, you have to grab it through the REST API. So yeah. uh, when I saw that news about uh, three months ago, I was shocked and angry, to be honest with you, because it put us in a bind. But now, from an exchange perspective, I know why. And it's because they've introduced a new way to do exchange hybrid. 
and Exchange Hybrid now is an agent-based solution. So you're gonna deploy agents on your Exchange servers, and those agents will use the same technology that's being used in Azure AD App Proxy to publish your URLs to a specific private location in the Microsoft Cloud that then connects to Exchange Online so that you don't have to go through your networking team to publish all these things. You just need an outbound connection and all the inbound is handled on the Azure side through those agents. So no more networking team work and you are at no risk, or a very minimal risk I should say, because the IPs that are allowed to touch your endpoints in Azure are the exchange IPs. That is it. So we've got a fantastic and reliable solution now to connect our exchange on-prem, especially if you are in those organizations where things are extremely locked down, where exchange is only available via VPN or when you're on-premises in your infrastructure. So this is just huge and fantastic news from my perspective. So is that is that very similar to on the, the SharePoint side when you use the wizard now to actually configure the hybrid? Well, actually, the SharePoint team took the wizard from the exchange team the SharePoint wizard, when I saw it, I go, well, this looks familiar. It's literally the same graphics as the Exchange Hybrid wizard. <laughs> okay. um, so not that SharePoint's behind Exchange in any way, but I'm happy SharePoint has finally been implementing that as well. So it's an easy click, click, click setup. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're seeing enhancements on the wizards on both sides there. Yeah. Well, and you know, just like we do, we build and we reuse. Why would Microsoft do the same thing, right? And, and we're seeing collaboration there, as you, as I said, the exchange team that when they went to go build these agents, they went and talked to the Azure AD app proxy team and said, hey, you're doing something similar. We don't want to necessarily call it Azure AD app proxy. That wouldn't make sense, but can we share a code base? Right. And that's a fantastic solution and integration. And they even said that the uh, code base is going to be shared so that exchange team as the Azure AD app proxy team develops things can utilize those live. Well, it just makes it makes logical sense. I mean, we're all connected with whatever piece of you know the cloud that we're utilizing, right? So why not share it? It makes the most sense instead of having one code base here and one code base there, and then making those code bases work together in certain circumstances. Yeah. The other thing that's been really great for me today, and Stacy and I, we had a conversation yesterday uh, offline about the admin center yes. and what's happening there. Um, and if you're not aware, we're getting a new Microsoft 365 admin center. It's more than just a facelift. We're also getting a lot of features on there, some actionable insights, better reporting, uh, better bulk actions, things like that. But the security and compliance center that we've grown to know over the past few years is splitting up into a security center and a compliance center. Yep. And I'll admit, when I heard this news, I was very upset because I have worked very hard with many people to get them used to this new way with a security and compliance center. Here's where you go, here's where you go, here's where you go. And I've spent today with a new new day, new outlook on things, and worked, talked with some of the product teams here on the expo floor and really understood what's happening. Um, and Brad Anderson, uh, you may have seen in one of the sub keynotes, he talked about that Microsoft, he, he went through on his own, and there's about 27 or 28 different admin centers across the board, and they want to consolidate those. Now you may think splitting up the security compliance center into two is anti to that goal, but it actually is to serve the vision of that goal, that they are trying to make these centers strategic and broader, so that the security, if they had a security and compliance center, and they just kept packing stuff in there, it would just be too much to handle. But now the security center can include some Azure AD identity protection features and things like that that aren't necessarily relevant to a compliance admin. So 
we may be changing our admin centers, but it's to serve a goal of consolidation. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm really excited about the new admin center. I mean, don't get me wrong at all. I mean, I have my own little quirks I have about it, just like you did, right? Of but, you know, I mean, we've got some governance issues with, you know, the how the new sites are built and what you've got to select and you've got to really read. Um, I mean, I, I'm excited, but nervous all at the same time. And if and if we weren't that way, we're both that way, right? If we weren't that way, we wouldn't be doing our jobs, right? Right. <laughs> so we've got to look at it from two different ways. Okay, so I think that uh, we'll go find Ben and have a great conversation with him, talk some right. about uh, what's happening in the SharePoint space. Absolutely, and then, uh, you know, we'll be back at it tomorrow. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, we're sitting here with Ben Nolan. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing today? Good, good, relaxing. It's Ignite, so whenever we can sit down for a few minutes, we do. Yeah, day three. Yep. I, uh, my eyes are awake, uh, barely, but I'm here. <laughs> All right? If I had yep. two extra feet, I'd probably put them on already. Yeah. So, Ben, what's been uh, some of the most interesting stuff for you that you've heard about this week? Well, it's been a fun week. Um, I think a lot. I think I've, the highlights for me so far have been the, the SharePoint announcements, the Office 365 announcements in the collab space, of course, or rather the productivity space, if I should say that, because, you know, at first, the first keynotes, I was like, OK, you know, it's, um, you know, the open data initiative, fun stuff. But I was really coming here to see what's coming up and what's really, you know, the geolocation column. It sounds silly, but I'm a big fan of it. The reason why is I've always tried to use it in SharePoint back in the day. Um, there's a geolocation column that already exists that you have to enable by PowerShell, yeah. but then users have to put latitude, longitude, which wasn't really friendly. And now it's baked in, it works, it's easy to use. There's tons of other things. The mega menu is very popular as well. I mean, the list goes on a lot of stuff in terms of, you know, just, better SharePoint sites in general, the formatting of columns without having to use JSON, um, being able to create the, the site designs, uh, that's not really new, but something that I'm using more and more. So I'm very excited about how everything looks and how easy it is to create, um, sorry, I say site designs, I made page designs, <laughs> uh, sorry about that. But I, everything about when you're looking at a SharePoint site nowadays, it just feels so much more solid or more mature than it did a couple of years ago. Yeah, this whole modern experience, I've loved the look and feel of it from the beginning. Yeah. But it, it's been hard to justify in some business cases because we just didn't have certain things that were gaps. And I, I'm struggling to think of gaps right now. Uh, there yeah. are some. So, but Yeah, and I, I have to tell you, for some of my clients, the gaps are, it's not as intuitive. Yeah. And that's been the biggest struggle because, you know, they made it really easy in the classic view. It's up at the top. You click here, you click there. It's something they're used to. The fact they're changing over to the information menu, people are like, Where, where'd this go? They don't know to go click on this option. Yeah, and the change, it's window. different. I so think it's interesting management. to see. Sometimes I talk to people that have been doing SharePoint for a long time, and that's exactly their reaction. And then you see people that just started with SharePoint because they come to Office 365, and sometimes they accidentally switch to Classic, and they're like, oh my god, what is that? I don't want to see that ever again. Yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting based on, you know, if you have years of SharePoint behind you, you know, side contents, content types, and then you go to Modern, and it's just now add new template. It's completely different, but when you have that history, yeah, for sure, it's a big change. I, I think it's huge for those customers that are coming from other platforms, Box, Dropbox, Google, mm -hmm. where it's an 
easy, intuitive unit. Uh, interface yeah. and and they're seeing something similar now in the SharePoint area, and especially for those customers where we have to admit SharePoint was a little bit of a swear word for yeah. the past oh, yeah. ten years, and finally it's something where, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I just remembered something else that popped that while we were talking, the audience targeting was something that yes. we were missing quite a bit. So we're happy about that as well. Yeah, the, the whole back end of audience targeting is what I'm excited yeah. about because we've always had audience targeting, but it, was, it wasn't easy, no. it wasn't intuitive, and it rarely worked. Yeah. So I was excited about that as well. So my biggest question yep. on all of these changes and these new things, how do you see it affecting governance now? Ah, that's the big topic. Um, I'm happy because as a vendor, there's lots of opportunities. I think it's multiple fronts, right? There's, there's multiple... Uh, challenges that we're facing first we're going flat and we're not going top down so you got to think about all these isolated site collections but now they're not just site collections they're connected to groups for collaboration so now there's multiple products that you got to think about and then on top of that you have the notion of self-service so there's multiple fronts that we have to think about and if, if for example even with self-service um, obviously, a lot is going there. It's the direction many are uh, want to take, but even the funnest companies with slides in their office, uh, not entirely sure how they're going to turn it on or turn it back off until they can master, uh, as one customer said, I, I want to be able to control the sprawl. I want to be able to control the scale of the cloud, essentially. So it's going to be interesting. Um, lots of opportunities there, but it's definitely going to be a, a challenge. If you're out of the box, I think you're going to be spending more and more time with um, the security and compliance center, doing uh, site classifications, labels, um, and trying to put policies not on products, but really on what people are working on, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so I've always been a firm believer, if you set the back end up right and only allow them to do what they can do, then they really can't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. But the thing is, is you really got to know how that back end works and what to do to make sure that that's successful. Absolutely. So I, I noticed in the new admin, I don't know if you guys have yet or not, um, new blog I'm, I'm working on, honestly, in the new preview, so I've been creating sites here recently in the normal and in the classic admin view, and the sites wouldn't show up. Oh. They would just sit there and spin and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so I switched over to the preview mode, and I can actually see that site, but it's not actually created, it's a stub. But if I create the site through the preview, then the site creates. Oh. But what I also noticed is your options are, you got two big buttons and then a smaller oblong. The so classic one. There are people just... read left to right. So the first one it says is team site. Yeah. But if you read the small wording, it, it also means that a group's going to create yeah. created with it. And then you got your community site, and then your normal team site without a group. But yeah. you got to really read it. Yeah. Well, this is where we get into a larger conversation that I'm happy they're finally talking about, what they've been talking about, but they're making some action. And this is bringing SharePoint governance into the overall Microsoft 365 governance yeah. platform, yeah. where Absolutely. we can start to govern things from a larger perspective. Because you're right, when you do create a group, all of a sudden we've got a ton of other things. We've yep. got an exchange portion, we've got teams potentially. And sharing is made easier and easier. I mean, if we think about it, and though I love it in the sense, it's great that users can be inside a Word document and at mention someone, grants them permission to come into the document, but then you have somebody who is to have the ownership of the permission, right? Who owns 
who has access to what at the end of the day. When groups are being created and IT doesn't have access to that group anymore, um, so the group owner becomes accountable for what's going on, but there's nothing really happening there. And from an end user perspective, at least at most organizations, if I don't have access to a document, yeah. I don't necessarily know to go to the group owner to ask for access, yeah. I'm going to go submit a ticket. Yeah. Right. Well, in, in some cases, right? I mean, I know that based off of permissions and, and the sites that we're used to, people say, hey, I need access to the site, and the, the site owner would go and add them individually. Not, you know, they wouldn't go through the normal process yeah. or whatever because they had the ability to do so. Yeah. So then you had broken permissions everywhere down to the item level, which is one of the things we tell people don't do unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. And there's probably another way around breaking permissions down to the item level. And now we're with yeah. the app function allowing them to do it on the fly. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting. Do we, do I have a solution? Not necessarily, right? Because how do we go? We can't go swim against the current, but we have to see how do we completely change our governance plans and our ways of, of acting on them to this new world that we're jumping into. Right, and, and part of me wishes we knew a lot of this before it actually came out to that level so that we could let them know. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you right now, I didn't even realize until when I started playing in the new admin center because I didn't read the fine print on there that when I was creating those, I was instantly creating a group. Yeah. I'm glad I did because then it made sense when I went to create a group why it said one already existed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you didn't see that in the one view. You actually could only see it in the preview. For sure, and I had a customer the other way around. They said in their mind they had completely blocked um, self-service for SharePoint team sites. So they felt safe. They felt like all was okay. But then in the same sentence, she said, oh, but we really love Teams and everyone in the company can create Teams. <laughs> so then we realized, well, hold on a second. Did you know that you get a SharePoint Team site with every single Microsoft Teams ever created? She's like, oh, what? And then we, and you know, they were not wanting modern SharePoint yet. They wanted to have the publishing infrastructure on classic sites. They wanted to roll out and they already had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teams with people using the SharePoint component of it. They figured out that they could bypass IT this way. Um, so it's really important to really understand your platform, understand the, the direction Microsoft is heading into because um, Yes, you can still block certain things, but it'll be difficult to, once again, swim against the current because that current is strong. Yeah, we see this all over in the Microsoft 365 platform is if you want to use one thing, yeah. there's inevitably going to be something attached to it you have to use as well. Absolutely. Yep. Well, thanks for your time, Ben. Uh, thank you. It's been awesome. Well, that was a great conversation. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Nothing, yeah. nothing like on the fly having yeah. an awesome <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> well, thank you for joining uh, Two opinions, one cloud. We no really appreciate anytime. it. Anytime. All right, thank you.